to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm Brian. And we have a new subject for you this week. We're really excited to break it down for you. Our topic that we're focusing on is a continuation of our series, Riches and Niches. And this time, our subtopic is going to be focusing on sewers and drains. Uh, Make sure you tune in to part two of this podcast, where we will interview our special guest, Paul Francis. He is a sewer and drain tech with Benjamin Franklin Plumbing in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and has a, uh, a world of stories and experiences to share. Uh, as well as his expertise on why there is riches in that particular niche. But starting off, we wanted to break down the subject for you. And as we typically do, Brian has our quote. The shoemaker makes a great shoe because he makes nothing else. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah, so the idea of this series here is focusing on niches. Uh, and, And that quote right there is saying that you know, there is value because that particular trade or that particular service is consistently focusing on, you know, making shoes. Uh, and, and yours may be on plumbing and sewers and drains, or it may be somewhere else. But the point that we're trying to make here is that there is riches and niches because either few people do it well or few people do it at all. Uh, and in this particular case, we're breaking down the idea of sewers and drains, which I think uh, is pretty evident. Not many people sign up and say, yeah. Uh, put me in the in the sewers and the drains and let me at it. And so right there, when the job market already has a, uh, a reduced amount of people who are interested, there's already riches waiting for you because if you're willing and no, no other people are, um, you can command a higher price just by nature. Sure. And it's a, uh, it's a testament to the guys who do choose to go into, you know, sewers and, and drains when you can so easily dovetail off into um, the rest of plumbing and, you know, work your way out pretty quickly, pretty easily out of sewers and drains specifically and into the rest of the world of plumbing. But you have some guys who just realize that um, the riches do lie in, I mean, in, in this particular Ben Franklin plumbing branch, the two highest paid guys on the plumbing team are the two jet truck drivers who, you know, sell and replace sewer lines. Jet truck drivers. Is that a new type of vehicle? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little fire booster on the back. A, every every car or truck I drew from uh, age four to age 15 had a jet booster on the back of it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, yeah, this would be the hydro jetter truck. Our, our, we have two trucks uh, outfitted with a skid mount, um, urban warrior Spartan jet, 3,000 PSI uh, hydro jetter, and we have two of these in the fleet, and Paul Francis and John Labar are the operators of these trucks. Paul and John will go out with their hydro jet trucks and jet those lines out, drop the camera in. If they find an, an issue, they bring it to the to the attention of the homeowner, and they say, here are some options. We can 
jet clean it out. We can spot repair whatever the issue is, or you know, if you have some older piping that's all kind of deteriorating, we can dig it all up and replace it. Um, and that's what they do for a living. And they are, at least in this in this branch, the two highest paid guys in the plumbing division, um, and deservedly so. They spend the vast majority of their time uh, around things that nobody else wants to be around. Uh, and when they're not dealing with raw sewage, they're in, you know, an 11 foot deep trench and it's just, it's nonstop action for those guys and, and, uh, they deserve to be paid well for it. Yeah, Brian. So I, I think, you know, when, when examining the idea of being a sewer and drain tech, you have the, um, a certain stereotype of what that's going to involve. And um, the reason that there's riches in that niche is because so few people want to do it. Similar to some other um, dirty jobs, you might say, that pay really well, like a crime scene cleaner, uh, a portable toilet cleaner, um, coal miners, garbage collectors. Uh, These are some jobs out there that you know, are actually fairly highly well compensated because few people want to do them. And so just from the get-go, focusing on riches and niches, even by nature, the position has a lot of value to just the compensation. But getting into the actual job that they're going to be doing, within that job, there's even riches in the niche too, because uh, it's a very specific need that the homeowner um, is kind of in a desperate situation when it occurs. I mean, if there's a clog in your house, it's a frustration. If there's sewer in your basement, it's a disaster, right? So a lot of people, a lot of homeowners will try to do the clog thing themselves. They'll plunge it, get the, you know, pull out the old Drano, throw it down the drain, corrode the pipes. Uh, or maybe they'll even uh, go rent a snake themselves or something like that. But you know, that's for the small stuff. And sometimes it can be handled, sometimes it can't. Well, when you get into the bigger stuff, most, most homeowners at that point are tapping out saying, this is beyond me, or I don't even know where to start. Uh, a lot of times you can't get the tools to handle that type of thing. Um, or you don't know how to use them, even if you could. And so within the actual job itself, there's plenty of riches there because it's a, it's a specialized task that needs done. And a lot of times with specialized tools. Exactly. I I have a neighbor who, um, he's an auto mechanic, but it just so happens that he's a, a highly successful auto mechanic who opened up a shop in Delaware. And I believe he was the first shop um not only in delaware but like pennsylvania maryland all around that area that not only specialized but like worked on hemi uh engines and as a result of that his business just took off people were coming from three states to have their hemis worked on and he now owns a very successful mechanic shop and and uh as a result of I mean, he's an auto mechanic, so he can work on just about anything, right? I mean, he, he works on his own Porsche in his garage and uh, can work on anybody's cars or you know, golf carts or ATVs in the neighborhood or UTVs. Brian just went down his list of things that his neighbors actually worked on for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't actually own most of these things, but the most of the neighborhood does. But um, he can work on just about anything. But the fact that he decided to specialize and find his niche um, which I really enjoy him telling his story. Uh, it, it meant that he wasn't just every other auto mechanic shop on the street. His specialization caused his company to be a huge success. Um, and that 
goes to show that one, of course, there are riches and niches, but also that, um, you know, they do everything. He does oil changes on Toyota Camrys. So it's not like what we're saying here is as a plumber, go specialize in water treatment and don't learn anything else. You have to have the full gamut of the plumbing system. And, you know, Paul and John are jet truck operators. We can send them to most plumbing calls and, and they're fine. Um, but they specialize in particular. When I was in a plumbing truck, I specialized in water treatment. That's what I was going for. I mean, that's what I was looking for. I was hoping every time I tested water on a, on a plumbing maintenance call, um, I found really hard water or high chlorine content, or if it was on a well, I would find a highly acidic water with a really low pH or, you know, uh, iron or what have you. Um, because my niche was that I wanted to involve them in water treatment and then, you know, get the, get the reviews for that, which were always huge five-star reviews about, we can't believe how nice our water is for the first time since we've lived here, that kind of thing. So the specialization doesn't mean you forsake every other aspect of your, of your, um, trade. It just means you put more of yourself and more of your time and energy into this one thing. And when you're speaking to your clients, that's what comes out. Yeah, and there is a risk to the old saying, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, right? If you diversify yourself so much that you don't really become good at anything, uh, you can consider yourself well-rounded, but not an expert. And so what, uh, what a drain tech specialist will do is, yes, I mean, and in fact, our drain techs do this as well. They're, they're capable plumbers. They can throw a water heater in or fix a pipe or whatever it may be as, you know, as a regular thing if they have to, but they've chosen to focus their efforts in one specific area because that is where they want to become the best and they want to become the expert. And frankly, that's where there's more money to be made. Um, taking it back to the situation at hand. So, I mean, homeowners, almost every homeowner will experience this at some point in their homeowner lifetime right? They, they will have a clog of a substantial nature that will require a plumber. It's almost a given across whatever housing or, or area of the country that you live that this is going to happen. And so when it does and you get called out, you might get one shot at this opportunity to make the most of it. And if you are, if you're been spending your energy across, you know, a huge variety of skills, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be less effective. But if you focused your energy onto the conversation and the tools and the presentation and everything that goes with it in having a discussion about the clog and the drain line and the potential solutions for it, you'll be far more effective if you focused your energy into that specific niche than if you were just an all around type of guy. And so it's not to say that there isn't value in learning many other things. It's just saying that there's possibly more value into concentrating that effort into one specific area. Right. I mean, the, the greatest shortstop in the world still has to go up and bat. So his, his niche might be, you know, catching that ball fast and getting it to the first baseman or the second baseman or what have you as fast as humanly possible. Um, but he still has to develop other skills. However, his main focus is on that one skill. And then skills that you don't really need to know, um, go ahead and forsake those skills if they're not going to help you in your career. I mean, you, don't, you would not have um, Babe Ruth practicing pitching 
because he's not going to be your pitcher. He's going to be your home run hitter. So the electrician is is going out to homes and you know maybe they're doing their um, maintenance call or maximizer electrical system maximizer as we like to call them here. And they're this particular electrician's specialty, his niche is whole home surge protectors or panel replacements or generators or um, LED lighting, outdoor lighting, um, motion detect detection switches, which I, I think are way underutilized by most um, electricians as you know, just from what I see it being at home and I, I drive into my driveway in the evening when it's getting dark early here in, in Pennsylvania this season. And I look at my house and every single light in the house and the garage is on and I get into the house and That's a country song. Look at you. <laughs> I get into the house and all five members of my family are huddled together in the kitchen. Um, and I just, I think to myself, I, I would love if you guys learned how to turn a light switch off. That would just mean so much to me. But then I realize I get to the shop here and you know, I walk into half the offices in, in the building here. And as soon as you walk into an office, the light turns on by itself. 10 minutes after there's no activity, that light turns itself off. And that's one of those things I, I think, you know, not to get off on a sidebar here, but is under underutilized in the home that um, people would really appreciate. But that that might be your niche as an electrician. You know, let's say it's it's whole home surge protectors. You still need to know about every other component of the electrical system, right? So that is, you know, part of your job is to know that stuff. Um, however, if you work for a tri-brand like we have here, and there's a one hour and a Ben Franklin, you can help out your friends in the other departments by getting them out to look at the water heater or to look at the ductwork, um, the HVAC system. That doesn't mean you have to know a whole lot about it. You can learn very little about it. Just just know what things to look for um, and just bring that up to a homeowner without actually taking a lot of time and studying the plumbing system and learning the difference between a, you know, 80-gallon electric water heater and a 80-gallon hybrid heat pump water heater. And, like, these are things you don't really need to know and you should focus on your niche. But you can certainly learn enough about them to bring it up and then recommend one of your buddies from the plumbing division out to take a look at it. Yeah, and so I, I think we talked about that a little bit on the last podcast, uh, Brian, where we introduced the whole series, which is what is your niche? Do you have one? All right. If you're if you're the shortstop and you're supposed to be gifted with the glove, what is your glove? If you're an electrician, if you're a plumber, if you're an HVAC tech, what is your niche? What are you supposed to be gifted in? And how are you focusing your efforts there? Uh, because it's one thing to just say, oh, you know, I'm good at it all, right? <clears throat> okay, great. Um, are, you, are you great at it all? Or is, there, or is there one or two items that you're really great at or could become really great at? And then how are you focusing your time towards that? How are you refining your skill, sharpening your saw, getting better within that specific piece? And riches and niches can be more than just a product or a service. It can be the conversation. It can be the, the presentation. It can be the show and tell within that specific element of your trade, right? So like Brian was saying, his specialty was water treatment. So not only did he know about all the different types of water treatment and all that stuff, but he knew how to talk about them. 
not just what to talk about, but how to talk about them and how to have analogies and how to have pictures, word pictures, real pictures, show and tell stuff for a customer or a client to be able to have a great conversation in that niche. And that made him super effective at doing it. So I, I want to ask you as the listener, what is that for you? Think to yourself, what is my niche? Do you have one? If you do, or you have at least an idea that you think, well, I, I think I'm better in this area, then start focusing your attention towards that. And, and Brian, I mean, when you were doing that in water treatment, was that something that you naturally came, come, came across, excuse me, or was that something that you had to be intentional with? Um, it was certainly, um, you didn't see a whole lot of it in Michigan where I grew up and cut my teeth plumbing. Um, and at least in the area I was in, we had really good, really good water naturally. No, no real hardness, not much chlorine, um, not much to do with the water system there. When I moved out to Las Vegas, people had water treatment systems and, I noticed that the people that didn't have them had a lot of complaints about their water and, and is, is usually the case with people who have an issue, despite the fact that there are solutions, um, they've never been presented with that solution. Like you can see a commercial and it just goes in one ear and out the other. But when there's somebody standing in your home telling you that here in the next hour and a half, I can have a system put on your water line that will make all those issues you have with your water gone just like that and this is all it's going to take um there's something about that that makes it a lot easier for somebody to just say well do it like let's go what do i care about you know this this little monthly payment or you know a lot of people would just stroke a check for the full amount or whatever but at the end of the day if you're if you're really going to enjoy your water more um it it just seemed like a no-brainer and, you know, if they could comfortably afford it, it was a no-brainer. But I, I think I went into a few homes that had the water treatment. I didn't know anything about it. We, did, we just didn't do it much in where I grew up. Um, and I would ask people, like, what does your system do? Um, and what does it do for you? And you'd, you'd get that feedback from them, like, oh, my gosh, since, since we've had it, we love our showers. Our shower doors are clean. Our dishes are cleaner. Our towels are fluffier. Um, hair feels better and softer and, you know, more fluffy or whatever. And I would just take that feedback and I would go to the next house and I would ask that homeowner if they knew much about, you know, I'd always start the same way, which is how much do you know about what's in your water? How much do you know about water treatment, water conditioning? And then we would go from there. But yeah, it first, it first came up just as a result of me seeing these systems in people's homes that I didn't really know anything about. And I wasn't afraid to even ask the homeowner to educate me a little bit because um, they have no vested interest in you really liking or selling the product to the next person. They're just going to give you their honest feedback on what life was like before it and what life is like now. Um, and I didn't mind telling people I came from an area where we didn't have them, so I don't know much about them. Yeah, so the idea that we're talking about here is specialization. Learn to specialize. Are you a specialist? Is there an area in your market that requires a specialist? Dan Kennedy says, compete in a market of one. So the more that you can find yourself focusing on a very specific target audience with a very specific solution, 
the better off you can be compensated for that. That's where the concept of riches and niches really lies in, in a way that there's a specific need, you have the specific solution, and you are the man for the job. And at that point, it, it's almost game over. Uh, as long as you have, have your stuff together and you have your ducks in a row, if, if you're the person there in front of the person who has a, a potential problem going on, you, you got it. And what does having your ducks in a row mean? It means being very well educated on that product or service to start. And, it, and then it means doing things like talking to homeowners who have that product or service and who really enjoyed it and, and digging in and finding out what, you know, not just the surface level, how do you like it? Oh, it's great. Um, but digging in, what do you like about it? What's it done for you? How has it changed your, you know, HVAC system or the air that you breathe or, um, you know, specific details of, of how it's made life a little bit better. You're, you, okay, so you have a whole home generator now, backup power source when the power goes down. Have you been able to use it? If so, how was that? What was that like? If not, how does it make you feel to know that when your power does go down, you'll have a backup source? So get, get information from people who own the product or service who don't work here, who don't work at your company, who um, don't, you know, produce, manufacture the product or have a vested interest in you selling it to the next person. Um, you'd always want that third-party story, not just for your next client's sake, but for your own sake. Because if it's a product you don't own, um, they can fill your enthusiasm cup for you, and then you can transfer that enthusiasm to the next person and really get that product move. And then once they've had it for a month or two, give them a call back, uh, ask them how they like it, what's it done for them, write it down, ask if you can quote them, and use that and keep going. But it's really easy in in the trades to find your niche, to find a specific product or service that you're focused on because we have so many of them. Um, and once you have a good grasp on the, you know, if you're, if you're a Mr. Sparky tech, once you have a good grasp on the electrical system as a whole, figure out what product you're going to move more than the rest and just find something that you're in love with and that I mean, I did a ride-along with a, um, the biggest Mr. Sparky in, in the Mr. Sparky brand, um, which is uh, Sarasota, Florida, Dave Connolly's operation. I did a ride-along with one of his top guys. And, um, you know, he was, he's, he was doing a lot of panels, and he was recommending panels at like, two of the four calls we ran together. I just had some old beat-up uh, panels that, you know, had moisture in them and that's what he did most of his talking about. But when we were in the truck on the way to the first call, I said, okay, so that's what we're doing. But what, what excites you about the electrical system? And he said, hold on. And we pulled over and he said, I got to shoot my wife a text. And then he shot his wife a text and then he waited until he got a response. And he goes, okay, this is what excites me. And he opens an app on his phone and he shows me his living room. <laughs> and then he shows me his kitchen. And then it you know, shows me the out the front and then out the back. And um, the, the text was to tell his wife that we're going to be <laughs> showing a complete stranger the inside of the house. So, you know, make sure you're out of view or you're dressed. Um, and he, he went, the entire rest of the probably half an hour worth of driving to that call, that's all he talked about was this, you know, uh, camera security system that they were offering and selling. And he, he said, he kind of liked the concept, but 
wanted to check it out and he ended up putting it in his own home and now he was saying that he you know he moves them like crazy and that I was really impressed by that uh fact that he he was work I mean it was brand new for him he hadn't sold many yet but he was he was just starting to try because he'd just gotten it in his home and he was really excited about it <clears throat> and that's how you create a niche um I don't know of anybody at our Mr. Sparky here who's even talking about that stuff and I'd never heard another electrician before or after really harp on that security system. But there is something um, very secure about knowing that at any time you can just pop open an app and see what's going on at your front door. And I think there's a good niche there that somebody could capitalize on. And there's the same in, in um, HVAC world with indoor air quality and not just that as a whole, but just different types of systems, ionizers and dehumidifiers and humidifiers and electric air filters and UV lights, um, duct cleaning and sealing and just, you know, there's a huge world of things that you can make your own particular thing that most technicians aren't talking about on every single call. And then fill your enthusiasm cup with it and then go talk about it on every single call. And if you really want to get good, Go talk about it to people who will call you on anything they don't really necessarily believe <clears throat> so that you have to prove it as factual. And who am I talking about? Your your boys, your buddies. Go tell them to buy one and tell them to buy it at book price. And if you can sell it to them or con convince your wife that we, we want to get this, but we need to buy it at book price. I'm not saying to do that, but convince her to do it. And once you've sold her on it, you're good to go. And then, you know, go get the discounted version and put it in yourself, obviously. <laughs> But that's the way to, to really get good at selling is find the people who aren't impressed with you, you know, as impressed with you as that person you've just spent 15 minutes with. And they're going to call you on all your uh, inconsistencies and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not super impressed by your knowledge of the HVAC system like a layperson, a, a homeowner that you're just meeting is. And you really have to work hard to sell them on it. So once you found your niche, do that. Find some relatives or some buddies of yours that you can sell it to. Um, you know, put it in your own home is a big one. It really is huge. Put it in mom's home. That's a that's a big one, or you know, your aunt or whatever, uh, and ask how they like it and you know what it's done for them. And then just start putting it in clients' homes and getting feedback, and just make darn sure that you get feedback, because not just for the enthusiasm, Phil. But you want to know that if something you said is not 100% accurate and the homeowner finds this out two months down the road, say, hey, maybe they just say, hey, we love the system. We like everything it does for us. But you said it was going to do this. And I'll take, I'll go back to when I was selling Timeshare. I was so pumped about these vacation packages because I said, as I was trained, how would you like to take your family to Disney World on Christmas Eve? Or how would you like to be in Times Square on New Year's Eve? Um, you know, uh, Las Vegas for the NASCAR weekend. These things were huge, um, at least at that time, 2006 or 2007. And everybody liked the idea of one or the other of those things. Um, but then a year later, I had I always gave everybody who bought something from me my cell phone number and just said, get a hold of me when you use it and tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Tell me if you would prefer to have a refund. Tell me if you would like to buy more. Like, 
be honest with me, like brutally honest. And what I found was that year later when people started calling me, they were saying, love it. It's making us vacation finally. We love the resorts. They're all beautiful. However, (laughs) if we want to take our family to Disney World for Christmas, we have to get on like a three-year waiting list or something. I don't remember what the timeline was, but it was like ridiculous. And I was not told that. (laughs) So (laughs) I was telling people this and it turns out it's not untrue, but it's factually inaccurate in that they would have to um, get on a waiting list that's going to take forever. Like their kids aren't even the same kids three years later. Who has any idea if they're still living with them at that point? So I had to change up my presentation. But had I not done that, I wouldn't have known that I that I had to change it up. So always like pursue feedback from your personally from your clients. I'm not talking about your Google reviews. I'm saying like, you know, if you go change a toilet flapper, or change out a smoke detector battery for a client. I wouldn't worry about that one so much, but anybody who does a big job with you and it's a big ticket item, it's not a bad idea to make a list and go through that list, you know, Friday afternoon and pick somebody from that list every Friday afternoon and and give them a call and ask them how, how everything's working for them. How do they like the product? How, how, how pleased were they with you now that a, a couple of months have passed? Is there anything that they wish you would change in the way you described that product as a result of owning it for a couple of months now? And that's how you get better. And it's certainly how if you're, if you're presenting a niche, a specialty uh, item, that's how you get as close to perfect as you're going to get at presenting that thing. It's just getting that feedback. Yeah, I think Mrs. Burton might have a uh, a niche in her own way in uh, Mrs. Burton's school of training sales right there, that if you've run your presentations by her and she's your toughest audience, you know, she can really put you through the ringer. And she will, and she does, and <laughs> she's uh, not impressed by my plumbing knowledge or my selling ability. She always says... Well, frankly, your looks, but... You know. what's Well, that's the one thing that I have going for me in her eyes, It's uh Good thing she's not here to disagree. <laughs> um, but she's, she's, it's all about like, what is it going to do for us? What's the bottom line? And let me do a, you know, a cost analysis on this thing. That's mm-hmm. just, that's her. Yep. So you, you can razzle and dazzle all you want, but there's, there's the uh, two questions she's really going to ask before she makes a decision. And she is my toughest audience for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's the training ground right there. If you're looking to find your niche, start by presenting it to somebody who's not going to pay attention to anything except the actual facts of what you're saying and get better. Put yourself through the training ground and get better, run faster, run the next mile under five minutes, the next mile under four minutes and keep going. And that's really what this podcast is designed to do. It's to challenge and encourage you to make sure that you are uh, not settling, that you're not growing complacent to ask yourself, is, is this all that I have to offer? Or is there something more that I can give? Is there something more that I can get? And then go, go figure it out, right? So that's it for this podcast. Make sure that you tune in to part two, which is our interview with Paul Francis. As I mentioned, he will be breaking down the idea of riches and niches within the sewer and drain category. And of course, you've already heard our indoor air quality, Riches and Niches podcast, and we plan to have one or two more in this series as well. So look forward to those. 
Uh, but for right now, that's all we got. Make sure that you are finding us on wastenoday.com uh, or hit us up on Facebook. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. We want to challenge you and remind you that you have the opportunity to make the most of every single day. It's your choice. It's, it's your life. It's your opportunity to make the most of whether you choose to or not. So make sure that you, you for sure decide that tomorrow you're going to wake up and choose to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.